young athletes need the tools for success on the field and on the court. And now more than ever, in the arena of business. In the new era of name, image, and likeness, Athletic Architects is here for young athletes and parents to help prepare for your financial futures. Let Athletic Architects start helping you build your house. Visit buildthehouse.com and let's build together. You're listening to the Auburn Express. Good morning, War Report family. Your man Ike Jones here. It is Monday, December 19th. We are about to talk a little transfer quarterback activity from the weekend. Y'all know how we do right here on the morning drop, man. It's time to get to it. Let's drop it on them. You are now now listening listening to The Wall Report. Yes, indeed. Morning drop here. I got my man, Beat Will, in the building with me this morning. Yeah. Monday morning, Beat Will. How you feeling, man? I'm all right, man. I'm all right, man. We're doing good. Let's talk about these QBs, though. So, this weekend, Devin Leary came for his official visit to the Plains. Um, a lot of hype around Grayson McCall prior to the weekend. He ended right. up not coming. Right. Um, and so... What are we feeling, man? What are we feeling? Like a lot of um, smoke out here about whether or not Devin Leary is really going to be coming to Auburn. He, he came for his visit, didn't leave with a commitment. Uh, Kentucky is looking like a really big contender for his services right now. So what are you feeling about the whole quarterback situation, specifically Devin Leary? Um, well, Devin Leary was, I don't want to say he was a surprise, but by the stats, he was not the better quarterback. Grayson McCall was the better quarterback. So once we heard rumblings that Grayson McCall had, in fact, reached out to Hugh Freeze and he was the statistically superior quarterback, I said, oh, well, that's that sounds like a done deal. It sounds like he wants to be here. And it mm-hmm. sounds like if you just go by the numbers, which we can't, I didn't watch a lot of Coastal Carolina, so I don't know the difference between how their each of their game translates to what Hugh Freeze wants to do or if it was all systems for Grayson McCall, which is that's a little disrespectful. A system can help you out, but you're not going to put up those types of numbers just yeah. off a system. The boy has some ability. So sure. I was interested in him because of that. And then I saw, I think it was Jeffrey Lee from On3 that reported he wasn't coming. Mm. He was supposed to come. He ended up not coming and then later reported that it had something to do with academics. Which there could be a number of reasons for that. I was actually relieved that it wasn't because he just changed his mind and he had committed to somebody else because that often happens. Somebody's scheduled for a trip, they're supposed to come down, like, oh, never mind, I'm not coming. And then they commit to whoever else the next day or the next night or whatever. So that wasn't the case. There is still interest, reportedly. He just didn't make it down here. Now, Devin Leary did make it down here. Mm -hmm. And Devin Leary is somebody who apparently the coaching staff was high on. Um, if if you believe those rumblings, with the guy with a sixty one percent complete completion rate as a senior, I think he's a fourth year last year. Mm-hmm. I I mean, I'm it's hard for me to say, man, that's that's rough. I don't know what your offensive system was. I don't know who your wide receivers were. I don't know how good your line was at NC State. So it's hard for me to say, hey, he's a bum, but he's he's not as good as McCall. It's just. It's kind of apples and oranges until we put some eyes on and see some tape. And I'm not going to put that on on Ike because I know Ike will probably put that on himself to do some comparisons <laughs> via film. But um, if you go by what happened this weekend, 
I know Kentucky got back the OC that they had in 2021 when Will Levis garnered a lot of the hype that he had. That guy came back from the NFL, I believe. I'm not 100% sure. Um, because this year, Kentucky's offense stunk to high heaven. So if you want to take the, the OC away and they look bad, and when he was there, he's a little good, I can see why that OC would be appealing to Devin Leary, especially if he's of a similar uh, skill set as, as Will Levis. I just don't know if... I'm not upset if we don't get Devin Leary because if we're just going by what's on paper, he doesn't seem to be the superior quarterback. McCall is bigger. He's a little more fleet of foot, and I think he's more accurate. So I like all those things better than than Devin Leary, but it's not my call. It's the coach's call. So yeah. that's a rundown of how it transpired up to this point. But I, don't, I mean, you, you tell me what you think. Yeah, I mean, so a lot of what you're saying is true. What I will say in not defense of Devin Leary, but uh, just in in regard to him, what you do know about Devin Leary is that he can he has the bigger arm, like he has a better arm talent um, just naturally than uh, Grayson McCall does. And you've seen him do it against Power 5 competition, right? That's like true. he's gone against the Clemsons of the world in conference. So you know that he can do it against quality defenses and you don't have to worry about whether or not the speed of the game is going to be an issue for him because, you know, Clemson is no slouch defensively, right? It's not right. as if... That they, um, you know, I'm not saying the ACC has a bunch of SEC defenses, but he's at least seen formidable defenses for right. a few years, so you know that he can do that. Right. Um, and again, you know, the per- completion percentage thing. There's a lot of reasons why that could definitely be the case. I don't know what I, I haven't looked at adjusted completions and all that sort of thing. I'm not even going to pretend that I've seen a ton of tape on either of these. Right. Guys. Right. Um, I've seen a little bit of both of them, but what I do know for sure is that. Our coaching staff is high on Devin Leary, and that tells me a lot. If the guys who we think um, as Auburn fans are some of the best quarterback gurus in the college game right now are all convening in Auburn right now, thinking about who they want as their quarterback, and they said Devin Leary's our number one target, I'm definitely not going to argue with their assessment of it. Um, So I think that we'd be lucky to land either of those guys. Agree. Agree. Um, yeah, and, it, it may be a, a Tanker Jarquez type uh, mm-hmm. choice. Like, I'm not mad either way if with, between those two. Yeah, so I think it's it's going to be an interesting situation to see how the quarterback situation progresses with Auburn uh, as we get further into this. I was hoping we would come out of this weekend with some more details about what's going on, but uh, so far we have not seen that. All right, so let's get back into this. Devin Leary at North Carolina, um, just by the numbers, I want to take a look at some stuff for him. His best season at North Carolina was 2021, 3,433 passing yards, 65.7% completion percentage, um, averaging eight yards per attempt, uh, 35 touchdowns and five interceptions. Mm -hmm. That was his junior season there. Now he's had some injury issues at North Carolina that have um, hurt him um, on a couple of these campaigns where, you know, you know, a couple of these, he, uh, look, a thousand, you know, 1200 yards, 890 yards, 1265 for his other three seasons. But that yeah, third right. year, I think is the one that it gives everybody hope of his potential, right. but he just hasn't been able to stay healthy. That's been the biggest issue for me with Devin Leary. And I talked a little bit about this yesterday. That's really the only head scratcher for me is how do you keep a guy or, you know, what do you do with a guy who has a history out of three of the four years, he's been down a couple of games or been playing hurt for a few games. Right. Um, 
taking a flyer on him for a one year opportunity. Um, is is that a problem for you? You know, seeing a quarterback that has that kind of injury history coming in, especially on the heels of what just happened with Zach Calzada. Now, he didn't have an injury history, but he did come in injured. And Devin Leary is currently working through a postseason injury situation on his throwing arm, not his non-throwing right. like it was with Calzada, his throwing arm. So do you even really know what you're getting with Devin Leary right now? What are your thoughts on that, B? And so that's what scares the hell out of me is that this is a new quarterback for these coaches. This guy wouldn't have run either system, whichever, whether it's going to be Phil Montgomery or Hugh Freeze. You don't have history with either one of those guys. You need a spring. All right, Calzada was behind mostly because he missed a spring. Now, he ended up, he couldn't really go, but he would have probably given it a shot to go and probably, probably, I'm guessing may have had a good chance of being a starter if he had started practicing and and running with, with in the spring. Not having a spring, if your guy only has one year, then he's already behind for that one year. And you've got somebody on campus right now who's going to be meeting with the coaches every week for the four hours or whatever it is that the, the NCAA allows. Like, Robbie's going to have a huge edge. So is he going to come here and then sit behind Robbie all spring? And then when the fall camp rolls around, you're just going to push Leary ahead because that's who you wanted, because that's who you recruited? Because then, like, I'm, I'm telling you, man, I don't think Robbie Ashford is going to just sit back like, oh, you only have one year, you go ahead first. You know, like in a grocery line, you got a whole cart and somebody got like three items. <laughs> right. Oh, no, you go ahead. You're you, you going to be out of here quick. No, Robbie went through a, a year of hell where his first shot starting, his shoulder was messed up. And for the rest of the season, he couldn't even be his best self. Either the, the coaches and the system were holding him back, his shoulder injury was holding him back, or both. And then we finally get some flashes of him. And was like, man, this kid, this is what it looks like when the system is all right and you've got just enough of your arm to make one or two throws. Now I want to see it. And if I'm Robbie and I went through that, I'm not going to have you put uh, somebody in front of me with no spring. And now you're going to just just what fast forward him to the front of the line in, in the fall, fall camp, because he's uh, healthy now. I, I don't like the way that situation works. Um, now, I'm not that's not to say that if Leary comes in and he can't outperform Robbie in a four week window in fall camp. Is it possible? Sure. It's possible. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think Robbie would, th- there wouldn't be enough of a gap between them. Going by what he went through and what he showed this past year, there wouldn't be that much of a gap between them. I think McCall makes more sense because he's available right now. I mean, barring the academic situation. Um, I think the the running and the accuracy, if you're going to get somebody, get somebody who has far and away superior. If you want to compare numbers, then accuracy, you would say, okay, McCall, you have this experience you have uh, these numbers at this point. Maybe Robbie has time to develop in that because he can't get to where you are yet. But Leary, you've got one good season out of four. And you can't even stay healthy. And you're not even healthy when you got here. I'm not putting, I'm not sitting Robbie down for that. Let's hope this guy stays healthy for 13 games. No, 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 it's okay. That's all right. Just, I got a guy. He was unhealthy and he actually was able to play through it. Let me give him his shot to continue to develop or give me somebody who has McCall's production and durability and let them battle it out in fall camp. That That's how I feel about those. Don't forget that this coming Wednesday, early signing day, I will be here straight out of the bed, coming straight here into your living rooms, wherever you're watching. But that's a members only stream, not like this stream where it's member only chat. This is a member only stream just for you guys who are members of the workforce so we can talk about everything going on for early signing day. Yeah, I mean, listen, all of those fair points. And the only thing I would say is 
um, and this is I'm echoing worries that I hear out here. This is not Ike Jones projecting his own worries. I'm just playing devil's advocate about things that people are saying is, do you worry about Grayson McCall being able to make the transition up to another level? Mm. Him playing against higher caliber competition because we haven't seen it yet. We haven't seen him compete at that level. Yeah, he completes at a high percentage, but is that because he's throwing the guys who are wide open? Is he ready to make the jump to the SEC? I don't know that anybody knows the answer to that question. I just know that people are worried about that out there in the internet world where right. things aren't actually real. People just panic about everything. Um, so it's a question that's out there. But uh, be will, let's take a look at the chat here and see what we've yeah, what got going talking on. about out here, man. All right. Um, Corey Weber, our guy, jumps in and says, how does Auburn solve this progress towards degree issue? Speaking of the issue going on with Grayson McCall. So uh, the academic thing is that has been reported is because whatever his major was at Coastal Carolina does not transfer directly. All, all the credits won't transfer over to Auburn. Mm. And it's been kind of a frequent issue over the last couple of years with transfers wanting to come in but not being able to because it would have set them back in their progress towards their degree um, because the, the, the credits just don't transfer over to Auburn. And it's not an Auburn unique situation. There are right. a lot of schools that have this issue, especially when you're moving to um, kind of a bigger institution. And I don't know how you solve this problem because you're, you're trying to put a, 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 an athletic problem on academics, right? Mm-hmm. Like Auburn is a school first. I, I know it's hard. I know that's like crazy to say that Auburn university is a college and a university and it's, their, their focus is academics. They just happen to have athletic programs. Um, and you want those two things to marry well. I don't know the easiest way to solve this because what you don't want to have as a, as a university that prides itself on its academics is just to be handing out degrees. Right. Right. You want right. those degrees to mean something. So I don't I don't really know. I mean, be will you used to work for the school. Maybe, you know, some solutions. I'm sure there's some people in, in the chat that have solutions that exist. But how do you solve an academic problem for an athletic program without making it look like you're just doing some stuff to get guys in there for your athletics? <clears throat> I mean, honestly, man, I have no idea. And I know that Auburn is not going to be the, the institution that starts getting dicey with on the books <laughs> with how stuff is counted just to get one guy in here. Like that's, that's not going to happen. Um, I see Rodney Gilbert asking, he's, is he a grad transfer? He is not, he has played not three years so, there. Apparently that's what he's attempting to do is finish up his degree so that he can come and play here. Like that's what the plan is. It's like, all right, well he's only X amount of credits away. Go ahead and graduate. And then you can transfer later. Um, but I think that's a, a thing that um, is going to be interesting is that he might be in a situation where he comes in post spring and then would he right. be ready to start if he was the guy theoretically. Right. So I think it's an interesting you, you put yourself in an interesting situation again with right. that. And then that's the same issue I have with Leary, except Leary's uh, less accurate, less productive and injury prone which is why it doesn't make sense for him. But if you're going to come in and just start in the fall, fall camp, then I don't think either one of these guys would would beat out Robbie after a full spring with the OC, with Hugh Freeze, with these wide receivers. I, I just don't think that's going to happen. Um, I think if you're going to bring a guy in brand new over a guy who was here and just started and played as many games as he did, then you're going to have to bring him in from jump. 
Like he needs to be here in the spring because otherwise you're either you're making the choice of a guy and Robbie showed plenty of promise. He's not Hugh Freeze and Philip Montgomery's guy. I would guess that they are excited about working with him, but there's a lot to be said for I chose you and I'm telling you to come here to play for me because I like what you can do. That's just not a choice that these coaches made for Robbie. Robbie was here when they got here. I don't want to see them go, hey, Leary, you're here. It's uh, July. Come on in. Let's get started. Robbie, you, you just hang back, man. You know, you just hang back. I don't want to see them do that to Robbie. And and I hope Hugh Freeze wouldn't start his tenure like that. Um, whether it's Rob, whether it's Leary or McCall, if you're going to get here, get here in the spring, and that way it's a fair competition as both guys learn the offense, as both guys work work with the wideouts, as both guys take that to fall camp, then make an uh, educated decision about who has shown the most for your system and go from there. I don't want them to bring somebody in and just shove them in at the starting spot over Robbie because I think. If they believe that this guy is so valuable, whether it's Leary or McCall, I can't put it past any coach to do that if if they choose that quarterback first. Yeah, I mean, so and it, here's the thing, too. Like, I am 100% in the camp, and I've always been in the camp of bringing in people to compete. Um, but to your point, it's hard to say that you feel like this guy is just coming in to compete when he's only got a year of eligibility left. Right, right. Um, so, the problem that you'll have with either of these quarterbacks is, you know, you're bringing them in, but you can't give them assurances that they're going to start, but right. they're likely going to want assurances that they're going to start. Right. right. Um, and so it's, and, and if I'm a quarterback on this roster right now, it's, it would be hard for me to believe that you haven't given them some assurances that it's more than just, Hey, you'll have your shot to compete for the starting job. Right. Um, so I do wonder how they keep that under wraps. Um, Lawrence Robinson jumps in and says, Grayson might be a better version of Bo Nix, the type of QB that he likes. Um, I don't get the Bo Nix comparisons with Grayson. I'm going to be honest with you. He's um, about the same size, like 6'3", 250. Bo, Bo Nix is a little heavier now. He bulked up some, but... Bo um, Nix was like a little tank out there, bro. Like, he was. not tank Bixby, but like, he just... It was it was shocking to for me to see Bo Nix get hurt his junior season. I know, because right? He seemed to never get like he was just, Yeah, man, Bo Nix is a durable quarterback. Yeah. So uh, I haven't. So maybe this is a great comparison. I just haven't watched enough Grayson McCall tape. Yeah. But Bo Nix and and maybe I'm also thinking about the backyard nature of Bo's game, and I don't know that Grayson has that. But that's like a whole other mystique about Bo that you can't just like put in like not everybody can do that right. people can say what they want to about you know i i was a critic of his uh, ability to be accurate mm-hmm. and um make the throws that he was uh, going to need to be able to make on a championship level here while he was at auburn but no one could mistake his playmaking ability right and so if grayson mccall's got that in him and a 70 percent completion guy you absolutely go get him right yeah. but i don't know if grayson is that guy he can run a little bit. Like I think people see rushing yards numbers and then they mm-hmm. start to make those comparisons. But maybe Lawrence has watched more Grayson McCall tape than I have. And I, I need to go do that. So 22 busy. So speaking of accuracy, he jumps in and he says, you can't, he's talking to Corey in the chat. They were having a conversation about Robbie Ashford and saying, you can't teach, teach accuracy. You either have it or you don't. I actually disagree with this. Um, you can improve a quarterback's accuracy marginally but they but like per completion percentage numbers are a little deceptive yeah they're a little deceptive because yeah. you can 
give a quarterback 15 five-yard throws in a game and his completion percentage numbers are going to go up dramatically because mm-hmm. he's not having to push the ball down the field. Right. Having more time in the pocket allows you time to do that sort of thing. So you you can teach you can't teach accuracy, but you can improve someone's completion percentage. And if you're if you're saying accuracy is the only measure of accuracy is completion percentage, that's a little deceptive because some of it has to do with how like because some receivers make amazing catches on throws right. that weren't necessarily well placed. So right. you can't teach. You can improve mechanics and ball placement, right? But there is something innate about being just an accurate quarterback mm-hmm. that you can't teach. So if that's what you're saying, twenty two, I agree. But again, if you're saying, well, this person is a career blah 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 completion percentage number uh, guy, there's no way that he can improve. See Bo Nix at Oregon. His right. completion percentage much better at Oregon than it was at any time mm-hmm. during his time at Auburn. It was a change in system mm-hmm. and a change in competition. There's a, there are things that you can do to make the numbers look better. That's all I'm yeah. saying. Yeah. And that, and so and I I would say the same thing for Robbie Ashford. I don't think we've seen the best of Robbie. I think that there is potential for him, and that pivots into James Barnett said, "Fellas, with the freeze effect and the OC, Robbie can turn into a better passer um, in the offseason." I think he means all the other. Uh, tangibles are their thoughts. Yeah, I, th- I think a lot of what may have held Robbie back as well was overthinking and not wanting to make mistakes, especially as the season went on and we were having so many turnovers and it was team-wide. It wasn't just Robbie. Um, he was conscious of that. He was thinking a lot and he was being careful. But in a better system with coaches building things a little differently for you, and we saw it the last four games, like he looked, he looked more decisive. Like he knew what he wanted to do when the ball was snapped. I didn't see him just just mulling over things so much, waiting too long to scramble. He was decisive. And like the, the Bama game, the runs were were there. Like he was like, okay, back, nope, running. And he knew where to go on foot, and he knew where to go when he wanted to throw it. A system can make you more accurate because you don't have to waste time thinking about what not to do. You know what you want to do um, as soon as things happen. That can improve his completion percentage, his passing accuracy can actually improve from what it was his past year because his past year for every game that he started he was injured the Missouri game was the only game that he started healthy and he did not finish that game healthy right. so if you've got a bum shoulder for seven out of the eight games you start I mean what, what what are we to expect how much can we draw from your performance there so I do think he can improve just from that alone he was developing as a passer in, in fall camp and mm-hmm. he was getting better with his accuracy Things can continue to improve. If Philip Montgomery is the guy that we think he is, if Hugh Freeze system is, is what we think it can be, yes, then then we could be at 60% just by going through spring, going through fall, and then going into the year. So I think there's a lot of potential there. And similar to where we were at last season, now it's not the exact same situation, they went T.J. Finley, and we were like, I, I personally thought the highest ceiling was with Robbie Ashford. Give him the ball. It's going to be rough early, but you're going to get him to a point where he's not thinking by the end of the season. If you go with whoever your transfer is, if they want to get a transfer, then you're foregoing whatever progress Robbie could make by actually starting in this system and getting reps. He's going to get there quicker if you start him first and give him time to get there. But, I mean, that's up to the coaches, man. They got to know what they're looking at when they evaluate these guys, and hopefully they make the best decision for us. Yeah, and, I, I, and I'll, I'll say this again. Um, you don't have to be laser accurate as a passer to be effective as a quarterback. You don't. And, and I think what we have to start understanding is 
who's going to be the most effective guy, right? And everybody wants a, a you know a guy to complete eighty percent of his passes, but just because you complete eighty percent of your passes doesn't also mean that your offense is being at, at functioning at the optimal level. Right. So you, you kind of have to play both of those things and understand one guy gives you a better chance to win, and another guy gives you a better opportunity to complete passes. Both of those can be winning formulas. Right. You have to decide which of those is the winning formula for your offense. And I think that Robbie Ashford can be successful in any offense if you make some stuff a little bit easier for him and he has the time to get the number one reps while healthy. Right. Don't know what's going to happen, right. but I think it is possible to make it happen. Anyway, we're going to get out of here, guys. We appreciate you guys jumping in here on the morning drop. We'll be back at you tomorrow morning with more news and information. Whatever comes out in the next 24 hours, we'll try to jump on here and talk about it. Come back and sit down with us tomorrow morning, 9 a.m. Central Standard Time, and we will continue to drop all of the goodness on y'all. Peace. Drop.